Have you not joined our Facebook group yet? What are you waiting for? We need to see you in the place to be. And if you love our podcast and you want it earlier than Fridays, then you definitely need to join the group because we are now going live in the group and recording our podcast earlier in the week exclusively for our group members. So if you're interested, you want to go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your help is lit because it's definitely somewhere you want to be. We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Welcome, guys. It's your girl, Charla Walker, a.k.a. the PDMP. Hi, and I'm Eve Brown. Certified Eve Brown. I know, registered nurse, R-N-C-M-N-N. Y'all, so while we're on sabbatical, everybody's been out here living their best life. Um, So for our people that listen to the podcast consistently, I know y'all were like, "Uh, first of all, don't ever take a whole month off again. Sorry about that. But we just have to be obedient when Jesus tells us to take a break. So that's what we did. Um, So we have so much fun and new things happening, including right now we are simultaneously live streaming in our group the first ever live episode of the Your Health is Lit podcast. And this is love. And this is more work than what I anticipated because usually when we record the podcast, your girl's in her pajamas. And my hair is in my bonnet, and I'm just keeping it. I didn't already like I'm ready for bed. I got my bonnet on. It's like girl mm-hmm. time. But we are trying to reach more people, and we know that we just have to get more comfortable with talking to people face to face, and to get to something else. Feedback on some of the foolishness and shenanigans that we have, because mm-hmm. we love to have shenanigans here. But um, Donna is still out on her grind. Um, taking a little bit of extra time, so we can't wait to have her back, um, getting ready to enter her doctorate program. So shout out to Donna. And meanwhile, Eve earned an extra couple credentials while we were out. While we were out, you know, no big deal. She's yeah. a certified maternal and child health nurse. Yes, maternal newborn nursing certification. Just got it, like, last week. <laughs> but you did it. Yes, um, I did. I don't know anything. I haven't done anything I'm just trying to live. <laughs> I have rested. I got fresh new ideas. And so it definitely was a needed break, but we've missed y'all. So let's hop in. Y'all know what it is. Lit news. Pause. Do you know what I found out? That 90% of our um, podcast listeners are in California. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cali because little fun fact, your girl was born in San Bernardino County. So let's just throw that out there okay. that my home state, I don't know if I have a home state because my dad was military, but <laughs> my home state, my love, they're out here showing, showing much love to your girls. So California, we see you. California, then Florida. We have like 1% of our listeners are in like Germany and wow. Ireland. So shall we say that your help is lit is international? It is. We shall. Okay. Yeah, we shall. So I'm dying to book. Numbers don't lie. I'll take the one percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus got the ninety-nine to go after the one. <laughs> 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 to go after the boy. Uh so let's hop into lit news. Eve, what you got? Okay. So <clears throat> this 
article that I have is, you know, related to something recent in the news, the whole um, uh, controversy, for lack of a better word, um, with uh, Jesse Smollett from Empire. Okay, look. Um, Do y'all remember that episode in season one where he had that song? He's like, tell the truth. (laughs) That's all we need you to do. (laughs) Sir, you know this stuff did not happen. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you lying, Jesse? Yeah. So for anyone who is not aware of what happened, um, late January, um, there was a report that he was um, a target of a um, a racial and homophobic attack by two men wearing um, the red uh, Make America Great Again hats uh, late one night in Chicago. And then it came out later that this may not have been true allegedly because nobody's going to subway when it's negative 50 degrees outside yeah um, (laughs) that the men in question um first were black and secondly that um he knew them and he has since been indicted and there's some other things going on too that um that um the police department may, may not be very truthful themselves so i don't know everything is still kind of every this is one like here it's like a big like i don't know like you know what it don't sound right but mm-hmm. i'm gonna mind my business that's the conclusion i've come to because yeah. the chicago police department does not have the best track record like but what happened to lamar mcdonald though <laughs> like you said you were being attacked the tape said something completely different so that's why i'm like uh ah chicago pull it together so it's like on one half though jesse who is going in negative 50 degree tents to go get a subway sandwich Chick-fil-A, maybe. Subway, <laughs> Subway no. It's it's not that deliciousness. As yeah. my little because <laughs> it says it's not deliciousness. So right. no. no, we're not doing that. Um, but so with that story, I know people are like, what the heck does this have to do with healthcare? So I had posted a question in the group earlier today asking people if they knew what HIPAA was or what HIPAA meant to them. Um, and that's how this all kind of ties in because, because this article right here, um, states that there, um, 50 employees have been, they were terminated from the Northwestern Memorial Hospital mm-hmm. for, um, because they, um, access his, um, Jesse Smollett's, um, health records without a, um, legitimate medical reason. So, um, that definitely violates HIPAA. If you have no reason to be in someone's medical record, mm-hmm. then it is a big no-no. Um, so those of us in healthcare have been trained and retrained and refreshed on a okay. constant basis about not clicking on people's records so, for a legitimate reason. And you don't have to go through it. You just have to click on it and you don't have no business. What are you clicking for? Why are you searching your name? Right. And I have seen, when I tell you guys, there is something like HIPAA is one of those, it's like the first thing you learn, it like over and over again, it is like, bruh, like, do I have to, another class? Can I test out of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's how serious they take it. They don't care how many times. And then every year it's a part of your competencies. And yes. they talk about that. Like I, uh, when I worked at St. Louis Children's Hospital, they, we had a local like hockey 
St. Louis loves their baseball and hockey people. And mm-hmm. one of the hockey people that I don't know their name, so I'm not going to tell the story. Like, I'm not going to say it, but their daughter was in the NICU and it was this whole thing. And when I tell you, I avoided that area of the NICU like the plague. Like, I don't even want to be seen over there. I don't want to cough over there. I ain't going to talk to my kids <laughs> over there. No, no, no. You would not see Nisa. And then he invited Good Morning America to the hospital. And so <laughs> all of that was pointless. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that was pointless. It, it, was, it was insane. Um, what's crazy, so one of the articles that I read, there's this lady, she wants to remain anonymous, but she was a nurse, and they called her Susan (laughs) in this article, and she said, simply put, it was just morbid curiosity. I went into the charting system and started to search his name. I just clicked once. I never clicked into his chart, and they said, oh, but you fired. Right. (laughs) Click that unemployment check. Yeah. And what's so crazy is because he has so much clout and this case is so big, like how do you know like I'm surprised I would be surprised if the Illinois um Board of Nursing does not like it may not just be you getting fired. Yeah. You may have action taken against your license. Like we are licensed professionals. Right. And you your morbid curiosity is about to Yeah. Your career. Right. And this doesn't necessarily apply to um just celebrities because this isn't the first case of people getting terminated over um going to like a celebrity chart. Oh, this no. was I think years ago. I forget which I might have been like uh Lindsay Lohan, his, her dad or somebody was in the hospital and folks were trying to um out and then hospital like get into those mm-hmm. records and a lot of people were terminated over that. So this is not the first time that we've seen this. But this even applies to, you know, just like your relatives or somebody that you yep. know like I was um asked <laughs> I, I will not share who asked me to do this um if I could verify if a certain someone was in the hospital um she was trying to you know do some do some internal investigation <laughs> and I told her I said you know what um yeah if it's not a mama or a baby that that's my patient then no, Sorry about I, that. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it is it is you can't even you're you my husband I cannot even look in his charts like let's say he came to the hospital where I or like to the clinic where I work to because we see peds and family if I go in his chart I will get fired and they check all the time they're constantly auditing for yeah. him they were just bold here's what I don't understand why not just have one person take one for the team? Why all 50 of y'all? <laughs> like, all 50 of y'all? Y'all couldn't have found somebody that knows somebody that was in the ER? Like, come on, man. All 50 of y'all gonna get fired? <laughs> That's 50 people? Yeah. We're already Or maybe they think for some reason they can get away with it. And you know, this whole HIPAA thing, I- I'll just add this. Um, it's not just for the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Like, if you work I'll just put it like this. I used to work for the state of Florida and we had very similar things to HIPAA where we just could not uh, click on like public assistance. We just can't go logging in to see if so-so is getting food stamps. Girl, I want to know is. Logging in to see if, um, if someone has an active like, um, 
child abuse investigation. We can't do that. Um, that is, and they do check it. They audit it. Mm -hmm. And the state of Florida, they were savage. They had this like internal investigation group and that stuff is public record. So if you got caught accessing like a public assistance case without a legitimate business reason, yes, they will write you up, they will fire you and they will make it public for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And you sign papers every year saying that I will not access a public um assistance case without a legitimate reason blah 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 but do you know how many times i will go on that um attorney general site and still find a bunch of people who tried it anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye um yeah you um, can't even look yourself up if you're getting if you have an yeah open you can't like you can't even access your own chart in the hospital yeah. It's all of that is wrong. And even, you know, with um, like my grandmother and my dad, I, you know, talk very publicly about like last year, how I was able to be their medical proxy. That was paperwork. Do y'all know how much paperwork it took for me to be able to call and be like, this is me. Here's the code. Here's this. Ask my dad, like, I'm his daughter. It, it, we had to go through all this paperwork so that they were not in violation of HIPAA by answering my questions about um, my dad's plan of care, as well as with both of my, well, my Gigi who's passed away, but even my grandmother um, up in New York, they think it's so funny because she doesn't, she doesn't necessarily do the paperwork, but she just calls me, <laughs> talk to my granddaughter, <laughs> talk to her. Um, but it's all about your protection. So what's the learning lesson? HIPAA is for real. I know even in education, because I teach nursing school, FERPA, it's yeah. very similar to HIPAA. I can't talk about what this nursing student did and that nursing student did and who passed right. and who failed and all. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> so HIPAA, um, I think people only think is for privacy and it's not. So the point is, so HIPAA um, came about in 1996. It's the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It's right. two A's, not two P's, because everybody always does this two P. It's two A's. Yeah. <laughs> I P double A. Right. Like HIPAA. Um, and so it's four main purposes. One, of course, to protect your health information. Mm -hmm. Two, to um, provide security with electronic health records, which is a really big thing now that we're going a lot more to the EHR systems. Mm -hmm. And then um, to help reduce like paperwork and streamline business. And then also to make sure that it's easy, like insurance portability. So making sure that people have access to insurance and those kind of things. So I think that people don't realize like the HIPAA Act itself is more than just like, don't be telling my business, but that's what it's always known for. But mm -hmm. it helps like reduce waste and fraud. Like there's so many other things that HIPAA does. But child, don't be out here looking up Jesse with it. And he lied. So now you lost your job over mm. an Empire episode, because that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a live Empire if, if in the flesh. If you want to ask please go through the, the proper channels. There's a way to get your, um, your health records. Um, it is. So go, yes. There's a way to do it. Please. Yes, so people may not know this. You can actually go to your health um, records department. Don't ask for it with, on paper. Ask for it on CD because they charge you to print the papers. Hmm. Um, my dad's my dad's medical records. I have to be careful what I say because it's like a legal legality thing. But we requested my dad's records and they were petty and gave us like it's like a box. Like oh. it's insane. And it's going through and highlighting. Like it is insane. 
but get it on a disc because they charge you by page. It was like $1,100, something insane. But you can get access to your um, health records and you are entitled to that. Um, yeah. So if you have questions, concerns, do like we did. Like I had concerns about, you know, some of the care that my dad received. And I was like, we need all them records. I need every single thing. I need to see everything that was charted. And they just don't know how um, crazy I am about my dad because when he took it back to his attorney, I had like highlighted written the site. I don't care. You can you can send me paper. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're going through this today. Um, yeah, but he lied, and now you lost your jobs. And like, yeah. can we save those people? Like, can we just have like an ounce of like, here, let's yeah. drag you out the water? Cause you lied. It's not worth it. It it just isn't. <laughs> like man now you have to figure out what you're going to do with your life that's that's tragic okay so my story is for all the people who are older and take their baby aspirin once a day the american heart association just came out with new recommendations that if you are healthy if you are healthy if mm -hmm. you are healthy and you're taking a low dose of baby aspirin stop it don't take it anymore it's not yeah if you're healthy if you don't have the cardiovascular risk now first of all don't do anything without talking to your doctor first amen amen okay but it is okay for you to bring up to your doctor like hey i heard that you know i've been taking this a lot of people take the 83 milligram bear or even the generic um aspirin once a day to help reduce the risk of stroke and heart attack but mm -hmm. the recent recommendations state that the risk of you taking or having long um, use of NSAIDs, which is a class of medications, like such as aspirin, you're more at risk for the gastrointestinal effects of like ulcers and bleeding. That outweighs the benefit of you taking one a day baby aspirins if you've never had a heart attack or a stroke. So these, this just applies to people who are um, healthy your doctor has not told you to take one. You have no like high blood pressure, mm -hmm. anything like that. The guideline has changed. So, um, you know, we've always thought that it wards off like strokes, cardiovascular disease. But if you have never had like high blood pressure stroke or anything like that, then it is recommended that you don't do that anymore. Um, so the new study said that they did not help um, Adults, the aspirin don't help if you don't have the cardiovascular disease. So now you're just running the risk of getting an ulcer. Hmm. And so if you're not health, if you're not having issues with cardiovascular issues, you don't need to take your baby aspirin. And I don't know. I used to work in the um, in long-term care. I, I hate calling it the nursing home. It's a long-term care facility. I used to work in the long-term care facility, and they always like, and my baby aspirin. <laughs> once a day they're faithful with their baby aspirin their baby aspirins and making sure that they poop every day <laughs> like the older patients they just mm -hmm. that's their that's their they'll take that baby aspirin and they'll tell you if look it's been two, two hours and i have ma'am okay <laughs> ma'am okay it's okay all right i'll let your nurse know like that's not my excuse anymore but um but so the um, Dr. Michos that works at um, John Hopkins School of Medicine um, and Preventative Cardiology said that the guidelines show that there's no clinical um, indication for using the aspirin if you've never had a heart attack or stroke. Mm -hmm. However, 
if you've been told by your doctor to do so, don't just stop because you read the article. Talk to okay. your doctor. There yeah. may be something that has not been explained to you or that you don't fully understand as to why you are taking this, uh, this medication daily. So don't just stop anything based on the recommendation, but the knowledge is out there for you guys that yes, if you are healthy, um, the American Heart Association is saying that for people over 70 that are taking the aspirins, stop. Yeah. Stop it right now. Not necessary. If you don't yeah. have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I don't know if you guys know this, but March is, drum roll, I don't, there we go. Holy cancer awareness month. Yes. <laughs> um, so you go blue in March for colon cancer. And it's yes. something that we don't really talk about um, in our society a lot. Um, people may be like, oh yeah, like my granny got a, colon got a, a colonoscopy. Like, you know people that got colonoscopies, right. but I don't think that people fully understand um, why we do it, what, you know, what it's about or what we should be doing. And mm -hmm. so here's why it's important and here's why it's, it's important to us. And this is why it's our main topic for this week's episode. Each year, about 140,000 Americans are diagnosed with colon cancer and more than 50,000 of them die from it. Mm -hmm. The bad news is, guess who dies most? We do. <laughs> right? So African Americans um, are more likely to die from colon cancer. Um, a lot of times because the polyps are, um, like a lot deeper somewhere I was reading like and we don't and we don't have enough knowledge and so we are not getting screened appropriately right. um but we'll talk a little bit about that so our call to action for you guys is to get screened like colon colon cancer is one of those cancers that when you have it it moves fairly quickly yeah. um and it it's just not to be played with so do this do the screenings and i know everybody's always like i'm at about especially men <laughs> like yeah you gotta yeah. put nothing in my booty <laughs> like sir <laughs> or you could or you could die from cancer so right <laughs> right you know yeah colon so, cancer is one of those cancers it is definitely treatable yeah and it is one of those cancers that um a lot of your um, lifestyle habits or whatnot can play a major part in um, mm -hmm. whether or not you um, develop or it kind of, you know, um, definitely plays a major factor into your risk for getting it. Yeah. So if your diet is horrible and you smoke and drink and do a whole bunch of things that you shouldn't be doing, then mm -hmm. yeah, that puts you more at risk. And that's something that you can... That you can change. Yeah, you can. It's a modifiable risk factor, is what right? Right. And so, you know, here we're all about empowering everybody and giving you the information to use. So, if you know that you drink way too much, and you may have heard once or twice that somebody died from colon cancer, stomach cancer, I don't know what else we call it. But sometimes we come up with our own nicknames for things. Mm -hmm. um, next time you go to your doctor, ask them about it. Yeah. Ask them, you know, when should I start getting colonoscopies? Um, because the, so our call to action is for you to get screened. Yes. Get the information and get screened 
and don't allow a stigma of you being afraid that, you know, something may look demasculating um, or emasculating to you because, well, you heard how they do those colonoscopies? Look here, bruh. Nobody's going to care if you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. It's a medical yeah. procedure. And mm-hmm. if you are hanging around with people who think that you having a medical procedure done, like, we're, we're out of elementary school. I just don't really know how to, like, come on, man. Right. Anything with the prostate checks. Who cares where they put their fingers? Like, particularly, I know I'm picking on the men, but they, y'all stress me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just take care of your bodies. Like, yeah. please. Because what happens is you don't, and then we find out, and it's too late. And that was the other thing I wanted to mention. It, it's also one of those cancers that by the time the signs and symptoms show up, it has already progressed to yeah a late stage like stage mm-hmm. four like my dad um passed from colon cancer and uh and he was one of those men that would go to the doctor you know uh he he definitely had his physicals and his checkups and he would went he would go whenever something was bothering him but still by the time that he noticed something wasn't right it was already stage four wow and that's why, I mean, that's why it's important to get screened. Um, after my, um, Gigi was diagnosed with breast cancer, and then uh, my aunt was also, um, I decided that I was going to go talk to a geneticist because my friend Kim, who we had um, on previously, um, to talk about how, you know, she was under 30 and was diagnosed with breast cancer and there was no family history. I was like, she was like, you need to go talk to a geneticist. Mm-hmm. So at her urging, I went to go talk to, to the genetic counselor. So I had to do this whole big, um, like sheet of like on both sides of my family. And the lady was way more concerned. Like I wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar, but the lady was way more concerned about, um, the amount of colon cancer and the people who, um, who succumb to colon cancer on my dad's side of the family than she was about my breast cancer risk. Hmm. She was like, that's fine, but you're good. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about that. Um, yeah. but even as a group and as a, as a whole, the risk for us for colon cancer. So <clears throat> what's recommended is that at age 50, you start getting um, screened. So you start getting colonoscopies. However, for African-Americans, mm-hmm. we are told that we need to start getting screened at age 45. Right. That's how much of a difference it is between us having, you know, our, the deficit or mm-hmm. the, um, the disparity is that they need to start screening us at least five years earlier to catch um, whether or not we are suffering from colon cancer or colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody else starts at 50, but we start at 45. And even earlier, if you have a, fa- a risk of family history of yeah. colorectal cancer, it's recommended for you to get the screening done. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the big elephant in the room is like how do you get screened and the yeah. different ways to do it. Yes. Everybody thinks that the colonoscopy is the only way. It's not the only way. I, I do think it's the most in-depth way. And, right. um, and the most in-depth way. Oh, awesome. I have one of my friends from Hawaii just joined. Hi. And, Hi. and my aunt said that she's going to talk to her doctor about this baby aspirin situation. Yes, please, please talk to her. All right. Awesome. 
So um, let's talk a little bit about the, the screening. Okay. The screening tools that we have for colorectal cancer. Okay. So there are several ways to get screened. Um, there is stool testing. Uh, one test that has been advertised on TV lately is the Cologuard um, test, where it's something that you can do at home. Um, very easy. I believe the logo is get, go, gone or something. So you get the test delivered to you. You, you know, you go to the bathroom and then uh, you put your sample, however they have it set up, and then you send it off for testing. The white box that sits on the lady's counter in the bathroom. He's yeah. like, He's like, hey, <laughs> like, these commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there um there are other um testing, like there is just like your basic stool sample testing, and it just um checks for um occult blood in your stool, mm -hmm. which can be an indicator that something else is going on in um in your colon. But the uh Cologuard, back to that one, it's uh, recommended for anyone that's age 50 and older. So that kind of knocks us out with the Cologuard, just based on that requirement yeah, for men so. and women. Yeah. And also, if you have a personal history of um, colon cancer, any polyps, um, any other um, GI issues like um, Crohn's disease, um, irritable bowel disorder, um, some of those um, diseases, then you wouldn't be eligible for the Cologuard testing. Okay. Also, if you have a family history, like I do, um, with one or more relatives diagnosed with um, colorectal cancer before the age of 60 or two or more um, first-degree relatives like your parents um, diagnosed at any age. So that kind of um, knocks out a lot of us as well. And then also if there is a positive result for any other kind of colon cancer screening within the last six months. So um, so it's an option. It doesn't sound like it's something that um, a lot of people can do. That would apply for yeah. people of color, um, but at least it's out there. Yeah, and for I mean, there are some people where it may not run in the family where it's a lower it's a lower risk option, and it provides a little bit more of that privacy. Um, but you also have to be aware too that with that, when we start putting things in people's hands, like mm -hmm. you can mess it up. <laughs> like you can mess it up. There's room for error too. Yeah. So it's not a sure a sure way, but I would rather you do the color guard yeah. than to do nothing and to not right. know. So, right. you know, that's something that I definitely am glad a lot of more people, especially because it's like stool and all that stuff, people are just very private unless you're a nurse or a nurse practitioner and then you talk about people all the time. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about all the time. <laughs> Uh, you know, because I see in clinic and they're like, my stomach hurts. I'm like, when's the last time you did that? Yeah. And they're just like, Miss Charlotte, like, you know, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, that's a legit question. That, yeah. That's important. Right. Um, just get yeah, as a side note, like as a postpartum nurse, it may be one of the few areas of nursing where passing gas is looked upon as a great thing yeah. <laughs> because gas pain is very real and it is um, one um side effect especially for the c-section patients that could hold them in the hospital a little while longer is that gas pain because they have not been able to pass flatus i had a mom so i round a newborn nursery so i go i go to the postpartum unit not to take care of the big people but just to see the new babies and do assessments and this mom i came in and she knew it but she was like hey when you go back out there can you tell my nurse i farted so i can go home <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing. It really is. I mean, she was like, and I just, like, I couldn't even hold, I just giggled. I was like, girl, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She was so proud. She was like, but don't forget to tell, like, she said it like three times. Yeah. Ma'am, I heard you. <laughs> I heard you say you're proud of it. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, just so you know, that that's the thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, they said that's what I needed so I can go home. Okay, ma'am, I heard you. <laughs> Which has changed because it used to be that you had to have an actual bowel movement yeah. before you can go. So, and, um, it's been updated to... As long as you're passing gas, then you're you're good to go. You're good to go. Your bowels are moving somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk about the the more invasive ways to do the screening outside of the stool test, um, the sigmoidoscopy and the colonoscopy are similar, but they're different. Right. So um, when you have this procedure done, you should ask, ask your doctor, like, which one are we doing? So That's the sigmoidoscopy. It's still, they use the light and go in through the rectum, but mm-hmm. they only check um, like the lower, like third of the colon. Right. They don't go all the way in like they do with the, um, with the full colonoscopy. So the sigmoidoscopy, um, they recommend that you get it um, every five years um, or every 10 years mm-hmm. with the fecal testing. Like if you do the fecal testing in a sigmoid, a flexible sigmoidoscopy, then you don't have to have the invasive procedure done again um, for another like five to, uh, to 10 years. Mm-hmm. A true colonoscopy, it's a longer, a longer, more flexible tube, um, but they do the full colon. They like look at the full colon. Yep. They also do like any follow-up testing. They will take polyps. Um, and that provides with like a, just a more in-depth look. So I'm sure if somebody has like a sigmoidoscopy that comes back and they found polyps, you probably have to then go back and get a full um, colonoscopy done. Um, both of these procedures are outpatient. So you're not having to stay in the hospital um, afterwards. So I know that's a big concern. Like I'm not staying in a new hospital. You don't have to. Um, you need somebody to drive you home because you will be sedated. I have hysterical stories of me taking my, like, being my dad's designated driver. <laughs> he, when he's, that means like anesthesia. He's hysterical, not anesthesia, but with anesthesia, ciao. Yeah. Okay, so one that me and Eve were most interested about is the virtual colonoscopy. Right. Done with the CAT scan. So they use a CT scanner. Um, it's also called so CT colonoscopy or a virtual colonoscopy where they use the x-ray computers. They do a CT of your colon. Of your colon. And you don't have, it's not invasive at all. Okay. Now the question is, well, they, and you do it every five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, I don't know how insurance would cover that and all of, I don't know how all that works. The amount of radiation mm-hmm. is also a concern for me. But if you have somebody that is absolutely like, no, not, doing the tube in my, in my butt, then maybe that's an option. I'm glad to know that it is an option for people if they just are just very gung-ho and very adamant about not doing the, um, the full procedure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, it's, that one's relatively new. Yeah. 
spring. So yeah, I mean, but still, as of right now, I don't, I was, I don't like that. Colonoscopy is like the surefire way to go. Well, standard. Yes, and I I had one um at thirty two. Um, the prep is worse than the actual procedure. Let's talk about the prep. So let's How talk about yeah. Let's talk about the prep. You you get scheduled for your colonoscopy. Yeah. And they so what happens is they give you this drink and it's called go lightly. Lightly. If you're a nurse, you call it go heavily because you're gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my dad will like my both of my parents have had colonoscopies and they do. It's the worst part. It's basically Miralax, but you take a ton of it and you have to go and so you have to empty your colon, which means just. Put your bed in the bathroom. Yeah. It, that is the worst part. And you do it at home, so it's not anything that you have to do in the hospital. Um, but it allows them to have better visualization when they go through um, to look at your colon. How could I forget about go lightly? Go heavily. Go all the time. Yes. It's, yeah. it's rough. It is rough. It is. I, that's, that is, I will be completely honest with you. I did it, and uh, and you have to drink. And it's, it's a lot. It's huge. It's a lot of solution. And you have yeah. to drink it all within a certain time frame. And I was doing okay. And it actually got to the point where since I had not gone yet, there was no place for my stomach just couldn't hold any more of it. So I actually threw some of it up before oh, I finally yeah. started going to the bathroom. Then I was down for the count for the rest of the night. And yeah, definitely have to stay close by the um by the bathroom because you have to it's supposed to completely empty your colon until whatever is coming out is clear that's the point of it um because if you are not running clear when you go for your procedure it could potentially you it might be canceled and you might have to reschedule it and you don't want to go through that prep all over again yeah so just do it right the first time because the prep is awful the procedure itself I don't remember it because I was under general anesthesia and I was knocked out. I woke up and it was over and they said, okay, yeah, you're good. <laughs> we found a couple of diverticuli, but yeah, other than that, you're okay. Girl, so, I, don't be afraid of the procedure because you won't even be awake for it. You're not. <laughs> and my dad was living his best life post-op. Post they were like, um, your dad's <laughs> Man, I could have asked him for a million dollars. He'd been like, here. <laughs> it was insane. The car ride home was hysterical. Yeah. Um, and then he was asleep. <laughs> and that joke was funny. Um, so, you know, the big takeaway, I, we really try to empower people to where you guys know um, the information. Go get screened. Drink your go lightly and do it right the first time. Don't yeah. you're playing games because it's not even worth it. Right. Um, but get the screening. However you decide to get screened, I'm happy if you just get screened. Mm -hmm. um, because this is something, it's, it's killing us to the point where, you know, we're, fi we're at more at risk five years earlier than all the other ethnic groups. That okay. tells you how impactful that it is. And I don't feel like it's something that we talk about enough. We no. do all this stuff for diabetes and heart disease, but like colon cancer, like, mm -hmm. you know, breast cancer, we don't talk about a lot. Um, but colon cancer is something that runs rapid in our, um, in our community. And it's something that we should definitely take seriously and we shouldn't take lightly, mm -hmm. even though you it is preventable. That's the yeah. thing. It, yeah. is, it is preventable. Lifestyle, 
treatable. Yes. Lifestyle. It is definitely treatable. Yep. It's prevent lifestyle Mm -hmm. and screening. You change your lifestyle to something that's typically healthy. um, And that doesn't mean that you can't ever do anything ever. But some of us don't know when to call it a limit. It's one thing, you know, Jesus had wine. Jesus did not drink Ciroc every week (laughs) and every day of the week. That's not what he did. He didn't do that. I enjoy a glass of wine every now and then, but we're not like, I'm not out here. Just some people drink way too much. That stuff eats at the lining of your stomach and puts you at risk for these cells to develop and for you to get cancer. So it's, you know, it's about moderation and, um, and preparation. Cause if you are constantly getting screened, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Um, so our last little section, which is my favorite, is the health highlight. Um, and so what we do is we highlight somebody in the community doing something very super dope um, that impacts um, our health. And that can be mental, spiritual, physical, um, like literacy, health literacy, education so we highlighted the um the barbershop the teacher who started the barbershop program um to his students he was in the barbershop he saw that his um one of his students who couldn't read was just sitting there like on the phone and so his program puts books in all of these barbershops and i think that that is so dope what is even doper is that there is a teacher in Texas, shout out to Texas, y'all out here doing big things, who also, um, she's a first year, she's a principal, so she's first year principal, um, Dr. Belinda George, she teaches at Homer Drive Elementary School in Beaumont, Texas, um, and a couple months ago, she started a program called Tucked In Tuesdays with her students, um, because their literacy rate was so low, so she gets on Facebook Live, in her pajamas and reads to these kids. Yeah. I love it. And she has like giant onesies. It is <laughs> so dope. Like it's so dope. And it may seem weird, but on so many levels, because Boma is not a very big town. Um, and the only reason I know that is because I watch wrestling and Mark Henry is from <laughs> and they did this documentary and it was a, it's a ski taste of a town it's like that big so it's it's not a huge place and it's one of those areas that's not very rich and so a lot of parents probably work two and three jobs and don't have the time to do that and so on a level of just her providing some type of consistency and some interaction with these kids with an adult I think is dope and the fact that she's the principal she's not even the teacher um, because, you know, teachers, they're impacted by, you know, all the scores and this and that. But she's, she's the principal and gets on. It's just dope on so many levels. The kids get to see her outside of her just being an authoritative figure. The kids are, are, have, are being read to. And they've seen a rise in their, um, in their literacy rates. You have to come to their level. Like, I didn't even think. I was like, I wouldn't even thought of, like, who goes up with that? Like, I wouldn't even thought about that. Right. 
because it's just sometimes it's, you think outside the box to um mm-hmm. reach to reach people to reach your audience yeah yeah it's those teachers that do stuff like that mm-hmm. like my friend um my friend Sharina we had our fifth grade teacher Miss Merritt she was like that she just would like mother us it was just it I'm almost 30 years old and I still know her name and she'd be like come on my little babies like she would be like I was ducks. <laughs> but she was just so she was so great and then my uh principal in high school um Mr. Sutton Mr. Sutton would wrap the announcements like I'm gonna listen to you I'm gonna listen to you and I would talk to Domily White High School and mm-hmm. Mr. Sutton was out here spitting bars with these like if you I think that's just so amazing that um we have people that look like us because and that's what's dope because some of these kids probably don't have that figure in their life where they have people that look like them that are doing things Mm -hmm. that are positive like I work in an underserved area and there are so many I get so many requests from parents and you can't don't you want to mentor my daughter Mm I I can't I cannot be responsible for the amount of people that I get get asked that question to. I'm like, look, yeah. sis, um, when she come here, we'll take. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have the time, but man, like, you know, it just, because they're just so enthralled because we look alike and I'm young and I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, I was 17. And let me tell you, stop cutting up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> stop cutting up. It's not worth your song. Man, that is so dope. So, I think that's it. We did it in under an hour. I'm proud of us. Yeah. Because usually it's like 50 hours. <laughs> Maybe because we're on live and uh-huh. we have a, a, a visual audience. We, our shenanigans have not been many. <laughs> I was, y'all, I was legit nervous about this. Um, and so, I'm like super excited because we did it. Yes. Technology behave. Uh-huh. Because God God did that. Okay. Um, so we are gonna wrap up our podcast. Eve, any last thoughts for our audience? Get checked. <laughs> you know, Tip, you remember uh on Girls Trip when Tiffany <laughs> Tiffany had her like it's her pretty <laughs> like that's all like it's just your butt like stop being weird about it women grown up in stirrups we get all kinds of invasive screenings once a year at your women (laughs) like it it's just a part of making sure that we're okay because you can't see you cannot see your intestines and by the time you start having bloody stools you should be scared Mm -hmm. so get checked uh it is not something you have to do every year exactly it's invasive but it's not something that happens frequently yeah so yeah definitely do some form of screening and then also know which procedure that you're having done um because yeah like we said the sigmoidoscopy is good but it doesn't get everything so if you have a um a polyp that's just past your sigmoid colon they're not going to find that yeah yep just need to be aware of what you're signing when they say here's a consent form for your procedure. Yeah, right. you've got you've got to know what you're having done. Right. Yeah. And ask questions that when the surgeon comes in and you sign the consent form, that is when the time is to ask questions. And this is with any procedure. Mm-hmm. As nurses, your nurse that's at the bedside with you, it is not our 
it is out of our scope of practice. I'm not gonna say it's, right. it's it is outside of our scope. We cannot legally like. Are you sure that you're informed? That is the job of the surgeons. I don't care what you're having done. If it's mm-hmm. a bronchoscopy, a colonoscopy, if they're taking off a toe, any kind of procedure that you're having, when they come to talk to you and have you sign the papers, I know that it can be intimidating because a lot of people are not, don't feel as, sometimes surgeons and anesthesia teams cannot be as personable, mm. but you are responsible for you. ask the questions they cannot they cannot do the procedure if you still have questions if you were being wheeled down the hallway you're like you know i wonder about tell them hey wait i have a question Mm -hmm. and watch the whole team stop yeah (laughs) we will stop wheeling you down the hall what (laughs) what what's the question and then you pass out because you've already had your your we'll witness the form we'll Mm -hmm. make sure that it's signed but that's all we can do yeah. So legally, that's all we can do. So don't get mad at your nurse if you go, hey, I have some questions about my procedure, and they go, let me call the surgeon. It's not that they're passing the buck. It is that they cannot, they cannot, we legally cannot make sure that you have what's called informed consent. Right. That is the job of the surgeon and the anesthesia team it's for, for them to answer all of your questions. It is outside of our scope of practice. And mm-hmm. so those are the people that you need to talk to if you're having any procedures. So make sure you ask those questions. Um, that's what we're here for. Right. And exactly. if they act like they don't want to ask, answer your questions, ask talk to somebody who will answer your questions. Mm-hmm. Please answer my questions. <laughs> well, Don, <laughs> yeah. you thought if I could please. Okay, okay. well, this is real life, people, so. Yes, his son is, she's, he's out here. Well, guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of Your Health is Lit. Hi, Donovan, of the Your Health is Lit podcast. Um, And we will see you guys next week. Yeah.